Lord. All right, let's go straight to the word of God. Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Mark 8 and verse 22. This is something that the Lord just opened my eyes to see this morning as, as I finish prayer. Um, and the Lord just gave me this word. Mark 8 and verse 22. We're going to read from verse 22. And it says, He cometh to Bethesda or Bethsaida, and they, they bring him a man, on, they bring a man unto him and besought him to do what to the man? What should he do to the man? To touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he, he had spit on his eyes, Jesus, you know, okay, let me keep reading. And he put his hands on him. He asked him if he saw aught. Can you see? Next verse. He looked up and said, I see men as what? Trees walking. I see men as trees. Next verse. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Somebody say amen to that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the ministration of your word. The entrance of your word giveth light and understanding to the simple. Holy Spirit, we want you to lighten up the word of God to every man here. We've come to the table of the Lord. You said you will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Father, we have gathered at your table. Feed us today. Feed us. Let everyone walk out from here full of the word. In Jesus' name we pray and the church say, Amen. All right. Two instructions I want to give you that the Lord gave me this morning. And I, I'm not surprised that my daughter came here to confirm it. He said to me, I should tell you, the month of June, everyone here, bring one person to church. He said to me, if every one of you should obey and bring one person, this church will double by the end of June. And then what he's going to do is that your life will be doubled. Your life will be doubled. Please hear instruction. As I was praying, the Lord spoke this to me. So I wasn't, when she was talking about bringing somebody, it was just a confirmation. Listen, one person. God says, if this church will double by the end of this month, your life will be, everything in your life will be doubled. All right. Did you receive that? How many of you heard what I said? Okay. So bring each person, each person. Not that you are a family, uh, your husband brought somebody, your wife brought, he said, okay, my wife brought for me. No. Listen to me. Nobody breeds for you. How many of you woke up and said, my wife, today, I don't feel like breeding. Just breed for me the whole day. You will go to your grave. Say amen. So church, this is for every individual in this church, including myself, to make sure that you get one more, per one person in the month of June. And the second instruction that God gave me is that everybody here should read the four synoptic gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I don't want, I don't know why he gave me this instruction, but I'm giving it to you. Please write it down. Go and read the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is for your own benefit. God wants to show you something that will get you out of your mess permanently. Get you out of where you are to your next level. And he's going to do it via his word. Say amen, church. What are the two instructions? Bring one person, each person to bring one person in the month of June. And not just bring them, make sure that they stay. Let them establish, follow up with them. Make sure you must wake up tomorrow morning and say, Father, in the month of June, give me that one person that is ready to be in the house of God and serve God. Give me that soul that is ready. Say amen, church. And secondly, you are to read the four synoptic gospels. I heard this from the Holy Ghost. And as you do this, watch what happens to your life from July. Remember, the month of June is the mid is the last uh, of the month, the first six months of the year. And so, usually June is a month of transition into the second half of the year. And every time you go before God, listen, serving God now for a while, 
I have understood that anytime God wants to shift you, he doesn't just declare words to you of blessing. He gives you instruction. What does he do to you? He gives you instruction. And if you obey it, your life will ascend. My life is where I am today because of obedience to instruction. And if you are not one of those that obey instruction, you will be stuck. You will be stuck as a Christian. And that's what I'm preaching this morning. I'm preaching a message I titled, Seeing Life Clearly. Seeing Life Clearly. And the Bible says that in the last verse, uh, 825 of that scripture, that's where I got my title, um, Mark 825. Please put it for us on the screen quickly. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes. He made him to look up. And he was restored. Everybody read the last sentence. And he saw every man clearly. You will see life clearly from today. I say you will see life clearly from today. I personally believe that the limitations in the life of any believer is because of how they see. The limitations in our life. Listen to me. Life is not hard if you have revelation, if you can see, if you can see clearly, not just see. Because many people have eyes, but they are as good as blind. And let me say this, it is better to be blind physically than to be blind spiritually. Church, and it's so, this is so, I know it's a ridiculous statement, but it is better that your two eyes physically can see than for you to be blind spiritually. Because it's a dangerous thing for you to be blind spiritually in the days that we are in. You need to learn the act of seeing life clearly. You need to have a clear view of life. That this life we are living is not just we are born into this life and we have a physical life that we are living. That life is a life. In fact, let me say it this way. Life is spiritual. Is that the best amen you can give? Life is what? Spiritual. Life is spiritual. That many things are happening in our lives. They are not just because of physical occurrences, but that many of them are geared in the spirit, whether they are positive things or they are negative things. That when things happen in your life, something instigated it. It didn't just happen physically. It had happened in a realm that you don't see. Can I hear an amen, church? Life is what? Spiritual. Somebody holler, life is spiritual. It's important for you to know this, church, if you don't know this, I'm in church, you will struggle in life. Give me the book of Matthew chapter uh, 15 and verse 14. Let me show you a scripture that will help your destiny. Matthew 15 and verse 14. My God, God will so bless you this morning. Just pay attention. He said, let them alone. This is Jesus speaking. He said, the, they be blind leaders. What are they? What kind of leaders are they? May you not be led by a blind leader. I'm telling you, to have a blind husband is a dangerous thing. To have a blind president. If I right now, I feel sorry for our nation because our leaders are blind. Starting from the top to the bottom. They are all blind. Because when you see what they do, you know they are blind. For a nation like this to legalize homosexuality, where two men can go and marry at home affairs and walk out with a marriage certificate, it means our leaders are completely blind. And that's why we are heading to the ditch. For if the blind, he says, if the blind lead the blind, what will happen? They shall fall into the ditch. When the blind leads a nation, they will head towards load shedding. It is the blind leading the blind. They can't see. That's why we have all kinds of things that are being legalized in our nation that is so against the word of God. I mean, the other day I heard a silly statement made by, it was on TikTok, that, you know, the president was talking about they made some condoms and blah, blah, blah. They were not smelling funny. They now, they've made now the ones that are smelling nice. And I'm thinking... A president. Is this what you have reduced yourself to? To be discussing 
how to distribute condom when we don't have loaded, when we don't have power. Blindness. If the blind leads the blind, they will head to the ditch. And unfortunately, our nation is in blindness today. And you better pray, church, that you, in the midst of this blindness, you will see light. Amen. Can I hear an amen, church of God? Amen. I said you will see light. Many of the things that you are casting the devil and binding the devil are not really the devil. It is because of how far you can see. Many times our actions betray us. The things we do show that we are blind. Many of our doings every day, when we wake up in the morning, everything you do shows whether how, in fact, it proves how far you can see. If you have to be forced to pray, it means you don't see. You really don't know what happens when you don't pray. Hey, no amen. When you wake up every day, dash into your car and dash to work and dash back without prayer, you really have no idea what it means for you to walk around the whole day without prayer cover. Church, let me say this to you. You can possess your day. Listen, you can possess the day. There are many evils that are plotted while you are sleeping. And they gain access to your life because you have not stood by the gate to shut it. So when I wake up, say I wake up by 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. And I prayed for 30 minutes. Father, lead me, help me today, protect me and my family. What did I just do? I just woke up and shut the gate of every witchcraft manipulation. Every spell that I've been casted on humanity. I just stopped it from operating in my life. Can I hear an amen, somebody? So when you are blind, you don't see these things. You don't see. For instance, when a man decides to commit adultery with a woman, you are married and you are sleeping with somebody you're not married to, you are seriously blind. Because then the Bible now tells you the danger of doing something like that. For instance, I think it's in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 23 where it talks about he that committed or 20. Just check, check for me. I don't know why that came into my spirit. An adulterer is here. You need deliverance right now. Look for it. Proverbs 6, somewhere. Proverbs 6, um, verse somewhere around the 20s. Just look, it, look for it for me. He that committed adultery with a woman or so. Ah, quickly. There you go. He said, whoso committed adultery with a woman, lacketh what? It means he can't see. He's blind. He's completely blind. The guy that does not have two eyes is better than you. Two physical eyes. He said, this guy that commits adultery lacks understanding. And he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. Give me this in any other version. In the Passion Translation or Amplified, whichever one you can get. Just give me this in, in any other translation. Help me, help me. Quickly. Just help me. If you are an adulterer here, call off that stupid relationship. He said, don't be so stupid. Look at your neighbor say, don't be stupid. That is the word of God. He's advising you. God is giving you counsel. Don't be so stupid to think that you can get away with your adultery. It will destroy your life and you will pay the price for how many days? The rest, oh Jesus. When you see me talk about this fornication thing and adultery, I'm not doing it because I want to deprive you from pleasure. I don't even know what pleasure you are looking for. Do you know that church, listen, truly, I know many married people, if you ask genuinely married people who are committed to their marriage, some of us men, sex has become a burden. It has become a job. Truly, I'm, I'm serious. Sometimes when you are tired and your wife wants you like Jesus Christ. Now, I'm, and I'm not joking. It's, it becomes a burden. Because many, you know, when you are not married, you think, oh, once I get married, I will have this thing 15 times a day. Unamanga. You're a liar. You're lying. Believe me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sometimes when they talk, my friend, Listen, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the presence of God. So, but, but here you are, many, many people are running to this thing. You, it's not what you think. It's not. 
It's not. Church, he says anyone that does this will pay the price for the rest of his life. Look at the next verse, if there is anything on the next verse. He said you will discover what humiliation. Are you reading with me? <laughs> you will discover what humiliation, shame, and disgrace are all about. For no one will ever let you forget what you have done. You know, these are scriptures I found years ago when I got married to my first wife. And I vowed that no other woman would see my nakedness. And she lived that life, I was faithful. Now I'm remarried. And I have vowed the same vow. Some of you who are jumping around, because you are spiritually blind. You are spiritually blind. There are many actions we take and we, you know, now tell me church, when you finish committing adultery or fornication and you get into this scripture, this scripture just kicks in. Now, you are now praying and binding Satan. Satan will be wondering, Abba, I was in Mpumalanga dealing with Sibongile. Wait, why are you calling me? Many of you are binding the devil that is in, is in uh, Limp where is that witchcraft area? Limpopo. Oh, there you go. Oh, my God. Oh, my Limpopo brethren, hala, amen. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. There is nobody I've prayed for that came from Limpopo that is not witchcraft. That is, they are all troubled by witchcraft. Man. I tell you, Limpopo, no wonder you guys look like Nigerians. I tell you. Jesus. Man, I tell you something. Everyone I've prayed for, all kinds of witchcraft. In fact, when they walk in already, I just know that with this one, his witch is pursuing him or her. I tell you. <laughs> Amen, somebody. So, so church, we do so many of these things and it is because we are blind. Church, your actions prove that you are blind. Listen, after reading this scripture, now if you have a boyfriend, a girlfriend that you are sleeping with, stop it today. End it. Because what you are roping yourself into is too much for you to handle. It brings shame. It brings humiliation. It brings all kinds of mess. He said for the rest of your life, you'll be paying the price. It's a dangerous thing when you don't have understanding of God's word. It's a dangerous thing. Many things that people are suffering, it's not because of God. It's not even because of the devil. It's because they are blind. I mean, for instance, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, I think it's verse 5, 1 Timothy 5 and verse 1, the Bible says, rebuke not an elder. That means, as I am now, let me see, who's, who's at least 60? Let me see, who's 60? Okay, come, let me talk to the, the one that is. Now, for instance, I am, I am her pastor. I can't just walk to her and say, I rebuke you. No, it means I don't know the scriptures. Because that singular act will put me in, in trouble. In the realm of the spirit, when you rebuke an elder, some of you ushers, please be careful. You don't just walk to somebody like this that's older than you. You say, get up, get up, get out from here. No. You, you have to show respect because of their age. And we are not teaching our children these things. You find a child that is 16, is calling the mother by her name, patience. From where? Put that scripture. He said, rebuke not an elder, but then treat him as a what? As a father. The younger men as brethren. Your friends are brothers. Next verse. Next verse. Let me see. He said, the elder women as what? Mothers. So when, what's your name? Suraya. So when you want to address someone like this, you say, Mama Suraya. That's why you see us calling people Mama this, Mama that. It's not because we want to add title to their name. It is this scripture we are fulfilling. Can I hear an amen? How dare you, you, you 16 year old youth, you come to her and say, uh, Suraya, what? Who gave birth to you? Are we together? These are things we don't teach our children. God, you don't even look 60. Jeez. God bless you. You make one sit down. My goodness. Are we together, church? 
So these are the laws that we break in the realm of the spirit that are affecting our lives every day. Laws, we break them. God say, listen, if I bless you, don't be lukewarm. Many people, it is the blessing that God puts on their life that makes them stop praying, stop going to church, stop. They get so busy. Listen, you should never find yourself a whole week without going to the house of the Lord in one of them. At least in one day, find yourself in church. I don't care which day. Find yourself in church. A whole week, God gives you seven days of air and you can't come into his house and come and just say thank you. Because we are blessed. And that's the same word that Jesus told to the Laodicean church. And he said to them, I think he's in, uh, find that scripture. Uh, Revelation chapter 3. Le Revelation 3, where he says, I will spit you out. You are neither cold nor hot. Please find that for me. Look, look, just look at this scripture. Find it. He says, so go backwards. Go backwards. He said, I know thy works. Now this is Jesus addressing the church in Laodicea. And he's addressing them concerning their error. This is what he said. I know thy works. Thou art neither what? Cold nor what? Hot. And I would, I, would, I would that you were cold or hot. I wish you were backslidden. An unbeliever, we don't even have a clue who you are. Or you are hot. A believer that is consistent with the word of God. Look at the next verse. So because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, what will I do? I will spit you out of my mouth. Why should I spit you out? Next verse. Because you say I am rich. I have prospered. My business has done well. Before the business came, you were consistent in church. Before life began to open up to you, you were in prayer. Saturday morning prayer. Now you sit at home. God is saying to you, listen, I'm going to spit you out. He says, because you said I am rich and increased with goods and I have need, no need for God. I don't have any need for him. Why should I go to church? You find people who pay tithe until they began to prosper. Now their income has increased to 100,000, 200,000. And they're thinking when they were earning 10, 20,000, they could give 2,000 as tithe. Now it's 200. 20,000 becomes too big. I have no need for God because now I'm earning 200,000. May you not get there in Jesus' name. These are the blindness that has happened to the body of Christ. And we hear words, we hear messages, we, we hear them day in and day out. And we, don't, we can't receive revelation to tell ourselves, this is the reason why we are blind. This is the reason why we are going through what we are going through. Because we are, not, we are not careful enough to observe God's word. Say amen to that. So all these principles we break. We keep breaking them in the church. We keep breaking them outside of the church. And one way or the other, the realm of the spirit does not understand. Unfortunately. Remember, there are laws in the realm of the spirit. Okay, let me talk to those who say, I'm under grace, I'm not under the law. Listen church, there is the law of Moses. Say amen. Alright, so that's the one that God has delivered you from. The laws of Moses. But now, in the New Testament, we have laws. We have one of them is the law of faith. You will see that in the New Testament. Then the other one, you have another one called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That one is in Romans chapter 8 verse 1. You all remember that scripture? Where the Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the spirit, after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And then the Bible now continues and says, what the law could not do, if you read the next verse, he said, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful nature and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Keep going. For that the righteousness of the law, the righteousness of what? The law might be fulfilled in us. Which walk, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So you see all these laws. In the New Testament. I don't know why people think that there is no law in the New Testament. You are joking. No. 
you disobey the law of faith, you will struggle all your life. Are we together, church? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what sets you free. And what is the law of the spirit of life? Jesus said in uh, John 6, 63, he says, the flesh profited nothing. It is the spirit that quickened it. The words that I speak to you, what are they? They are spirit and they are what? Life. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the law of the word of God. So anyone who does not take the word of God serious, you will have limitations. You have serious limitations in your life. You cannot, I told you there is no victory without the word. There is no victory at all. You will struggle through life without the word of God. I'm telling you, there is so much the enemy is doing in our day that you cannot afford to be ignorant of God's word. Say amen to that. If he says, um, go back to my scripture in Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 8. I think we are in verse 3 or 4. Keep going. He said, for what the Lord keep going, next verse. He says that the next verse, next verse. He said, for they that are after the flesh, what do they do? They do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Say the things of the spirit. So that means that every child of God should be able to mind the things of the spirit. Stop minding only clothes, minding only cars, minding only your job. Mind the things of the spirit. Make time for spiritual things. Mind your study of the word. Mind your prayer. Mind your coming to church. Just place it uppermost in your heart. Say amen, church. Next verse. Next verse. For to be carnally minded is what? What is it? So anybody that lives his life physically alone is blind. Is dead. He said, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. That is how we win in this life. Is that we are spiritually minded. We know that there is nothing that goes on in this life that is not orchestrated by the realm of the Spirit. That every action you take on this life happens to have some effects, whether positive or negative. Say amen to that. Church, am I talking to you this morning? Even your, the things such as joy, laughter, shout. When I say shout, give God a shout. Some of you are quiet. I look at you, you have no clue. Church of God, God sent a man called Joshua to walk around with the whole children of Israel. Six times a day, once every day, round the whole wall of Jericho. On the seventh day, he told them to walk around these seven times and do what else? And shout. And the wall came down. Now church, then when I say shout unto Jesus, some of your walls are going down. But, but, then, but then you are quiet because you have no idea. Do you see why blindness is bad? It's bad to be blind. For instance, you can't walk around sour the whole day. The Bible says, be ye not sorry for yourself, for the joy of the Lord is what? Smart strength. So that means in the realm of the spirit, you don't get strength by going to gym. You get strength by being joyful. Then you now know in Joel chapter 1, I think it's verse 12, when the Bible said the olive tree dried up, the pomegranate tree did not produce, all these things did not produce. Why? Because joy has withered away from the sons of men. And the Bible now, Isaiah told you in Isaiah 12 verse 3, that with joy shall you draw waters out of the well of salvation. So when I walk around sour, when I walk around not joyful, I am stopping my withdrawal. I can't withdraw from the benefits of salvation. That means when you present your check in the bank of salvation, the first thing they ask, your signature on that check is joy. And if there is no joy on your signature on the check, they will not pay you. This is why many people are walking around and things are just going down while they are awake. Because we have no clue that many of these actions, everything you do has repercussions. Positive or negative. Please, when I tell you here to live your life according to the word of God, I am not telling you because I want you to just do something. God does not profit anything by you living by according to his word. I've always told you God is wiser than you a thousand times. 
the God that told you not to forsake the assembling of yourself, make sure you find yourself in church every time the doors are open. That God knows something you don't know. Because they go from strength to strength. Everyone appeared before God in Zion. They go from strength to strength. When you came to church this morning, you were, there were, there were, you were at a level of strength. After this service, another level of strength. Another level of strength. I always tell Pastor Benji's story. I finished preaching one day. He was sitting, I don't know, somewhere at the back. Then he wasn't a pastor. He was a stack. He was still, you know, those one leg in, one leg out. So, I finished preaching. I walked down from the step. As I got to like where the camera is, he walked to me. He said, I will never drink again. Today is my last day of drinking alcohol. I said, ah. The way he said it to me is as if I'm the supplier. <laughs> I said, this dude, why are you angry with me and alcohol? I mean, but I, I mean, and it's amazing I didn't preach anything about alcohol. But while I was preaching, the Holy Ghost was telling him, this alcohol will keep you down. You are blind drinking alcohol. You are blind. You are blind. Many of my sons, I go to your event, you invite me, you wait till I go. You think I don't know. Holy Ghost tells me. And then you pull out all the alcohol and you start drinking. You are blind. You are what? The Bible says, give alcohol to him that is ready to perish. Find that scripture. Give it to me in the Passion Translation. Give alcohol to him that is what? Ready to perish. Look at your neighbor say, are you ready? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you found it? <clears throat> find it, find it, find it. Quickly, quickly. This morning I came with the sword of the spirit. You know the Bible said the word of God is a double-edged sword. He said this, the word of God is, is a double-edged sword that pierces the, uh, the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and is a discerner of the intent of the heart. Find it for me. Okay, let's go. Strong drink is given to terminally ill. Are we together? Strong drink is given to who? To the terminally ill. Who are suffering in the brink of death? Wine is for those in depression. In order to drown their sorrows. Let them drink and forget their poverty and their misery. Now if you are not a poor man, stop drinking alcohol. If you are not in misery, stop drinking alcohol. Alcohol is not for celebration. It's a lie. Whoever told you that lied to you. James chapter 5. Is any merry, anybody's in celebration? What did he say? What was the recommendation? Let him sing psalms, let him praise God, not let him buy savannah, mm -hmm. tequila, sunrise. Keep going. Where are all my colored people? <laughs> you <all> should know. <laughs> spin off, spin. Aya. Come on now, keep going, keep going. Huh? That's one of the colored people. They know them. They, they, they have a clue. They know what we are saying. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let me just tie up my message. Give me back Mark. Uh, man, I have so many things to say. But Mark chapter, let's close at, 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 at half past. I want to close. Um, Mark chapter 8 verse 22. Let me just glean something out of this. God, we're going to pray that God opens your eyes. Today, you will no longer walk around blind as a child of God. No, there are things you can't do. Church, it's not everything you should do for money. No. Don't, don't do anything at the expense of your soul for money. As a child of God, I can't go and prostitute my life for money anymore. I can't go and I can't go and be, I mean, if you're a child of God, you shouldn't be selling cigarettes. You shouldn't be selling alcohol. No. If God is saying that alcohol is for terminally ill, that means you are the killer of destinies. Say amen. Are we together, church? There are things you should just avoid. Listen, not because... 
Man, church, I can't just do anything for money anymore. I can't. I'm a child of God. And there must be a conscience that's alive in me that tells me, eh, eh, this thing I'm doing is not right. It's not right. No. During the lockdown, I had one of our neighbors that, you know, was sharing his story with me in the estate where I stay. He was said, he's a Christian, born again Christian, speaks in tongues. And guess what he was doing? He was selling alcohol. He went just before the lockdown happened. He went to buy quantities and stored it in his house. And he told me he made 9 million rand profit from alcohol. Who was buying it? You. You see what I'm saying? You, don't, you can't just make money by any means. No. I want to make money that when I, when I eat, even if I eat rice and chicken with my family, I have peace. How do you sell drugs and sit down to eat? No. That's not a peaceful meal. Because that drugs you are selling is destroying somebody's child. Apostle, but I didn't force them to take it. No. You open the door for them to come in. If they couldn't find it, they will not smoke it. Can the church tell the truth? Listen, I'm not afraid of you. Me, I'm a blessed man. Apostle, I won't give any more in this church. I won't give you offering anymore. The Bible says he cometh to Bethsaida and they bring unto him a blind man. Give me this in the Amplified version. Just change it to Amplified. Let me see. All right. He says they came to Bethsaida and people brought him a blind man. And what did they do to him? They begged him to touch this man. They begged him for a touch. God is going to touch you this morning. I have begged God this morning, early hours, that God, today, let somebody in this place that really needs a touch be touched. Somebody that is blind spiritually, let them be touched. There is somebody whose eyes need to open so that the mess you are in, you will come out quicker. No matter how much legs, hands, belly is laid on you, if you keep doing some certain things that you are doing, you will stay in that mess forever. Unfortunately. Are we together, church? So they begged him. And then he caught the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. This was shocking to me. I'm like, you know, when I read scripture, I, I am a picture person. I, so when I read scripture, I actually literally act a movie in my head. That's how God gives me revelation. So I act a movie in my head. So a crowd like this is around. Jesus came into town like a crusade or a conference. Then they just walked to him. Some people brought a blind guy. And then, I mean, we know that there were so many blind people that Jesus healed without taking them anywhere. So now, the Bible says Jesus grabs him by the hand, took him out of town. Took him out of the village. Now, what is the implication of that? They, you will remain blind if you stay around the same people. Some of you want to hang out. Listen, don't hang around people that know your state and want to keep you there. You need to hang around people that are higher than you. That can take you where you have not been. Say amen to that. Let's keep reading. Don't show me. Just leave the scripture. Please, for goodness sake. He said, when he has spit on his eyes, then I ask again, Lord, is this fair? Now, church, listen. <laughs> I, I don't know about you. Let's say I call Pastor KG out. So I'm come. Just watch this. So Pastor KG is blind. I grab him and I take him out of town. Then I, I just... I didn't put, you know, there was a miracle he did. He spat on the ground and made mud and put it in the guy's eyes. This one, he didn't spit on the mud. He spat direct to the guy's eyes. Now, church, you know in our day's translation, you spit on somebody you don't like. When you spit, 
If something, some of you, maybe you are disgusted with something. <laughs> How many have done that before? You all know what I'm saying. Now, what does this spit mean? It means that you should allow Jesus today to tell you the things he doesn't like in your life. There are things in your life right now that Jesus is spitting on. He didn't like the blindness and he spat on it. What is it in your life that Jesus is spitting on? Are you allowing him today? That lifestyle you live outside of church, will, are you allowing Jesus to spit on it and still remain there? What is it in your life that Jesus is spitting on? That must change out of this service. Please, God is saying, change it now. Make adjustments now. Say amen, church. Amen. Who will make adjustments today? I don't listen. All of us here, there is no perfect person. There is something in my life God is pointing at and says, Stop doing. For some of you, it may not be outright sin. You may be the kind of person that watch TV for five hours and can't pray for 30 minutes. And Jesus is spitting on that. How come you can spend five hours on social media and you cannot spend time with me for 30 minutes? Jesus is spitting on that. Thank you, son. He spat on it. And then the Bible says, and then he put his hands upon him. Now, first and foremost, church, for this guy, number one, I, for Jesus grabbed this guy, took him out of town. You know, for Jesus to be able to do that, this guy would have trusted Jesus. And one thing I want to say to you, church, allow somebody who has gone somewhere you haven't been to take you. Many of us are proud. I preached about this, I think it was two Sundays ago or last Sunday. Many of us are so proud that we see somebody achieving things we have not been able to achieve. And we can't go to them and say, bro, how are you having a successful marriage? How are you having a successful career? How is life getting better for you by the day? And I'm stuck. Find out from somebody else. Let somebody who has been there take you. He, allowed, he trusted Jesus. Trust the word of God. Listen, trust that what I'm preaching to you today is dependable. It's not deceiving you. No, it's not. I am not here to lie to you. I, I can't lie to you. If he's not going to, if he has not worked in my life, I will not preach it. I will not. Years ago, let me tell the story. I sold a house and I made 800,000. Is it 800? Yeah, 800,000 commission. It was such a huge amount of money. And I was in Rema Church then. This is about 16, 17 years ago. And that was a lot of money then. And I sold this house and to pay the tithe became a heavy burden. I got to church. I started looking at Pastor Ray's shoes. I say it's my money. I haven't given the title. The money is still with me. I'm calculating the man's clothes. And I got home. I didn't give the tithe. Because usually I carry checkbook. To, I don't give offering. Those years I used to give. I give offerings in 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 30,000, 100. I've walked into church with 200,000 rent offering. For me, that's normal. So, I got home and I didn't give this tithe. So, I got home. In the morning on Monday, I woke up to pray. And I heard as, as if somebody was talking to me. He says, son, if you don't pay tithe on that money, 800,000 will become your ceiling. I will never forget that statement. And that's how many of you have put ceiling above you. I heard it from the Lord. And from that day, ah, there is no amount of money. In fact, now I don't even do 10%. I've gone above 10%. Far above. Far. Because many of us are blind. We look at these things and we think, oh, we're doing this for the church. No, your tithe is to God. He said, he that died receiveth our tithe. Jesus receives your tithe directly. It's a direct thing to God. Are we together, church? It's a direct thing to God. 
keep going. He says, and then the Bible says, go back, go backwards, go backwards. He caught him, oh, sorry, next verse. Next, I think we've read this. And he looked up and said, I see. So Jesus, uh, after he had, he had touched him, he now asked him, do you see? He said, he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like what? Trees. Meaning that you can be born again. This guy has had an encounter with Jesus. Meaning that you can be born again and can't see. You can be born again and see men like trees. You are seeing life like trees. That's where many of us are. May God open your eyes today. I've prayed for you, oh God. I said, God, please open the eyes of your people. You know a man of God prayed that prayer for one of his servants. They were surrounded by the army of Syria. And then he ran to Elisha and Elisha, he said to Elisha, hey, they have come. They've come to pick you. they come to, you know, kill you. And Elijah was just not bothered. And Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes. He then opened his eyes and saw chariots of fire around Elisha. Church, when your eyes are open, there is a way you live. There is a way you organize yourself. Those who live with open eyes, there is a way they behave. There is a way they act. There is a way. There is a way. You cannot do anything that will not portray Jesus. Amen. You can't dress to seduce. Okay, let me talk to this side. When people see you, they should see the glory of God. Not that they are looking at you and they say, oh, this is a piece of meat. Hello, church. Okay, you guys won't like me. Let me talk to a choir. They are at least holy. <laughs> when they see you, they should see who? Jesus. Everything about your life is to give him glory. It's to give him glory. He says, he looked up and said, I see people, but they are like trees. And then Jesus, next verse. He then put his hands again on him again. He put his hands again. And the man looked intently. That is, fixed his eyes on definite object. And he was restored and saw everything distinctly. Even what was at a distance. What was at a distance. Some people only see today. They can't see a distance. It's amazing how Dubai is already planning 2029. What year are we? 2034. Dubai, if, if you go to Dubai today, everything they're talking about is 2034. Ten years from now. They have planned five years from now. These are unbelievers, Muslims. But we have Christians. We have leaders in South Africa who can't even plan for this nation for end of the year. Things are dying in their hands and they, they don't care. SAA has died. ESCOM is dying. All our parastatas are dying under their leadership and they are blind, they can't see. And we are quiet. We are quiet. Things are dying. One of my daughters that work for the city of Joburg told me the other day they had to borrow, I don't know if it's two billion to pay salaries. How? What happened to us? What is going on in our nation? Church, let me announce to you, there was a time Nigeria was like this. I remember when my uncle was going to the U.S. to go and school. My father trained him, brought him up, and sent him to University of Alabama. My uncle, we bought U.S. dollar at 34 Kobo to a dollar. That means Nigerian Naira was, was more powerful than the dollar. I was, I was alive. As a human being, we saw it. Today, Nigerian Naira is 780 to a dollar. How did that happen? Blind leaders. Africa is plagued with blind leaders. Who can't see far? Today, look at the billions and trillions they are borrowing. Who are they borrowing it for? For our 16-year-old children in the youth. Because they are the one. All this debt, don't think that the moment... Your president is over. Those debts are canceled. No. The nest takes over. And the people that are going to pay it is our children unborn. And if it doesn't do anything to you, I wonder. That's why you must prosper in this land. 
Beloved, you must leave your own economy in South Africa. You can't live by this, their mess. No, I'm telling you now, you cannot live by this, their mess. You better carve out your own economy and obey the word of God. Tight, give offerings, work, receive ideas. Pray that God will give you concepts. The Bible says he giveth wisdom for witty invention. He can give you ideas. He can give you concepts that will bring you money and carve out an economy for you and your family. But if you are waiting for these people, nothing good will come out of them. I can guarantee you now. And I, listen, I'm not even against party. Let the next politician, you know they know how to make promises. Politicians. I told you, my father told me years ago, and I'm sorry to say this if you are a politician here. I'm saying what my father told me. He said if a python comes into your house, and a politician. He said, leave the python. Kill the politician first. Now, I didn't say go kill politicians. Amen, somebody. But he's trying to tell you how, how skeleton they are. They will tell you, we will give you water. We will give you light. We will give you job. The promises they made four years ago is not fulfilled. And we still going to, you know how blind we are? We still going to vote for the same people. That's how blind we all are. We still going to vote the same people. And the next two years will be complaining. Escom has died. What did you expect? Nothing should change. Insanity says you do the same thing as, and expect a different result. Now, I'm not talking against any party at all. All I'm saying is that something needs to happen. Particularly to you as a believer. For you to understand that, listen, I can't live by these people's economy. Things are falling apart in our nation. Things are for, in a very fast rate. Things are breaking down. And I'm watching. I came into South Africa 23 years ago. Now I'm a citizen of South Africa. And that's why I've taken it very personal, very particular. I pray for the nation. Where I can give counsel, I give. Those who will seek my counsel. But something needs to be done fast. Because church, where you are heading to, if you don't believe God to be blessed, I feel sorry for you. I made up my mind, I will not run my life by this economy that has failed. I will not. There is a different economy called the kingdom of God. For my God shall supply, how many of your needs? According to the Reserve Bank of, of South Africa. No, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So I live by the economy of heaven. I wake up every morning and declare words. Father, money is coming to me today. The wealth of the wicked is finding his way because it's a law. It's called the law of faith. For whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So I believe God for my health care. I believe God. Father, I declare, this is how I pray. I mean, you listen to my prayer. I will wake up in the morning and after three hours of praying in tongues, Father, I declare my kidney is blessed. My bladder is blessed. My heart is blessed. My arteries are blessed. My bones are blessed. My joints are blessed. That's why I'm 52 and I'm bouncing around like a tennis ball. You know people think I go to gym. My friend, I registered Virgin Active since January. I went once. But the words I'm declaring is making me look like a gymnast. Oh, Jesus. Glory to God. That means there is a skinny brother here that needs to look at the mirror and say, I am muscular. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Don't mind my jokes, man. Look, church, honestly speaking, it's time for God to open our eyes. The man, the Bible said that this man could see a future. He could see people from a distance. May the Lord open your eyes to see a distance. I still talk about how we got this building, we got this church. We got this property, acquired this asset. If I didn't see far, I would have been using the money to play, to do stupid things. Like some of my friends. I went to preach for a guy who was on, on there's nothing wrong with being on One Gospel. He was on One Gospel on, on TBN, on Rainbow FM, preaching. And he's on a three-story building. That day, I don't know if protocol you went with me, we climbed staircase to third or fourth floor. I said to him, I asked him a question in his office. How much do you pay for one gospel? He said 60,000. 
How much do you pay for rainbow? How much do you pay? I said, why don't you first buy a place for church? I said, now, I could have watched you on one gospel. And the day I come to church, I'm a multi-millionaire, and you're taking me upstairs, four floors. Why would I want to return back the next day? That's no wisdom. And that's what many of you do. You do the thing you are supposed to do last first. No, there is something called seasonal. You need to live your life seasonally. There are things you ought to do now. Don't postpone them. I told you, you can't be renting and buying Louis Vuitton bag. Are you mad? Who is, who is your spiritual father? You are renting and you're buying Christian Dior. Bags that are... The other day I was in LV. They told me one bag that looked like a small suitcase, small box. I'm telling you, it's less than the half of this Bible. They say it's 96,000. I said, do people buy it? They say, yes. Somebody buys it. You are renting. If I catch you. How do you rent and go and carry a Mercedes car for two million? Are you, what did you smoke? Get a house. Get a, listen. The only thing that is real is real estate. Get a house. Beloved, years to come, they will save you. They will save your life. Get a house. Buy some asset. Something that gives you money. Some of you have jobs. If your credit is no good, fix it. I told you in January, determine that this year you will fix your credit. So you can buy a house. Haba. What is wrong with you? You can't be wasting money. Look at the value of this asset today, this property. We pay the price to do all these things early in the ministry. Early. Today I don't have a pro- We are extending now the church to 7,000 because of the conference that is coming. Because now we have my Apostle Michael Oropo, we have Apostle Joshua Selman, we have Nathaniel Bassi. I mean, how do you have all these people? We're going to explode the city. Are we together, church? So you, you, but it's our own. We can do anything. I had a pastor that was renovating a, a rental property, doing put chandelier in the entrance hall. I said, look this guy. So one day, the landlord is in Cape Town. He hasn't come to Joburg for 13 years. A white man. So he, he was paying 25000 So the landlord visited Joburg. And went to his property. When he saw what this pastor has done, he didn't say a word. He went back to Cape Town, handed the property over to an estate agent, and tell him to go and sign a new lease with the pastor and increase the salary to ninety-six thousand. Because he saw that this man has invested all his money in a rented property. That's how many of you can't see me. My time is now. Don't be blind. Please don't be blind. Don't be what? Blind. Be spiritually minded. Invest. Church, time waits for no man. Time does not wait for you. You will live your life years to come. You'll find out that you have squandered your life in riotous living. Many of us live prodigal lifestyle, even at this level. Please don't be prodigal. I made up my mind that I was telling them in prayer yesterday, I made up my mind that I turned 52 years ago and I'm not, I'm not going to live a life of suffering again. No. Anything that will give me stress, I put you away. If you are stressing me in this church, just leave. Just with where I am now. Those years I used to worry. The other day my wife called me and said, somebody, this happened to somebody. I said, okay, it's part of life. She said, you. Because, oh, I should have cried. Oh, no, no, those days are gone. When I used to cry for you because you are suffering. Because sometimes you are suffering, you are the one causing it. While I'm busy crying in the night, you are busy fornicating. And then I'm crying. No, oh no. May I sleep, I wake up by four, gently. And then I pray at my convenience. I told you guys, when this church started, I used to come here from 12 to 6, for six years. I did that until my late wife went to our spiritual parents and said she's she she's, feel like she's a single woman. And then I stopped. That's why this one now came to enjoy. 
is not seeing those trouble. Those days, I was a radical. Prayer was my life. 12 to 6. No security guard. I will be on this ground. Walking around the whole yard. Throughout the whole night. That's what I was doing. But now I'm 50. I ain't going to do that. I'm going to sleep. Wake up. And then I pray for you. If that is not enough for you, then pray for yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready to enjoy my life, man. So if you see me, if you see me enjoying life, just join me. That, that means you have done what I've done. Don't, don't come and enjoy life at 25. No. That's when to build your life. Between 25 and 50 is to build your life. 50 is the years of legacy. So now all I'm thinking is what I'm handing over. Making sure my children go to the best schools. Making sure that they do well. My daughter now, I mean, I'm supporting her. I'm flying with her to New York to go and do whatever she needs to do. We're flying. And by the way, my daughter came out finalist at the Miss SAT. <laughs> Glory to God. So, so she, she's one of the finalists. And we, we, I don't know when is the final, when is the result for who won. I heard the winning prize is 250000 and we believe God in the name of Jesus. The favor of God will come upon her to win that in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. So we'll be going with her in a few days to New York for her modeling. Amen. Modeling. So she, that's it. That's the kind of life I want to live now. Just enter the flight. Go to my... If it was those days, you, my daughter is on her own. My friend, go and do your thing. Me, I'm praying. No, but those days are gone. Me, I'm like, you know, when I got to 50, something came on me. I received freedom. You think I'm worried about you. I'm not. <laughs> I am not. Oh, look at your neighbor. Say, apostle is not worried anymore. Eh, eh, eh. I received my deliverance at 50. Something happened to me. 50 is a good year. I promise you, anybody that has 1050 will tell you. You just don't worry. All these little, little things, when they come to your ears, it just goes out on the other ear. You know, you're not worried. Now I'm worried. My, my thing is legacy. Who am I bringing up to take over the church? You know? And let me make this announcement. Maybe I should make it today. I was praying in January. I was on a three days fast. And the Lord told me, to make Pastor KG the residence pastor of House of Treasures. Okay. All right. Now, when he told me that, when he told me that, it didn't make any sense for me. And, um, and unfortunately for him, he was also here praying for three days. I didn't know. He was in the youth hall, doing the same thing I'm doing while I was on this altar. He was on the altar in the youth hall. And then the Lord gave him a vision. And when I called him to tell him, he shared his vision first. He didn't know what I wanted to tell him. And I told him, son, God told me to make you the residence pastor of House of Thrones. And what that means is that God is moving me to the next apostolic phase of my ministry. Now, remember, when Apostle Arome came, when he gave me the prophetic word that God was moving me to one of the thrones, the uh, administrative, seven administrative thrones that governs the church in South Africa. He said, when a man comes to that layer, I remember he used choices of words. When a man comes to that layer, his constituency is beyond his local assembly. I remember those words as I can look at you and remember your face. He said it's beyond his local assembly. So for God to tell me to make him the residence pastor, meaning that a lot of my responsibilities will go to him. And now let me also warn you in advance, the day we do that on this altar, if you treat him like a youth pastor, you, God will deal with you. It's amazing. You know, when God chooses, if you look at the Bible, God was choosing seven-year-old children to be kings. And there were elders that were with his father when his father was alive. And yet he didn't choose the elders. 
he chose please I beg you it's a responsibility I don't know why God has allowed me to announce that today but the truth of the matter is it's coming to a time when I will not be available every day the time is here that you won't see me all the time and so I want you to please start preparing you know me I prepare you for what is coming I'm not sure I told him I'm not sure when God will allow me to do that on this altar but I have made it as a public announcement amen church amen because I have entered my years of legacy and I need to begin to raise people that will do this thing when I'm not here if I have to go if God wakes me and my wife up tomorrow and say head to Japan and go and raise me a people I will not say, hey, house of treasures will die. What will happen? I'm not there. No. No. That means I failed in ministry. Because I'm, I should raise people who should do what I am doing when I'm not here. Can I hear an amen, church? On that note, every head bowed or eyes closed. Nobody looking around. Nobody moving.